This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hey there, it's Sasha. We have got something a little different for you on the podcast today. Yesterday, we hosted the second of our two mayoral forums with candidates running for Chicago mayor. In this episode, we'll break down what we heard from two of the candidates, organizer Jamal Green and Alderman Roderick Sawyer, with a panel of journalists and experts. To hear everything that the candidates said, be sure to check out the episode we released yesterday with our full forum. All right, on to the show. This is Reset, live from the campus of the University of Chicago. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're coming to you live from UChicago as part of our two-part forum with candidates in the running to become Chicago's next mayor. Now, this is a partnership between WBEZ, the Chicago Sun-Times, and U of C's Institute of Politics. You can follow along at WBEZ on 91.5 FM, WBEZ.org, or you can watch us on the WBEZ or Chicago Sun-Times YouTube pages. Now, last hour, we spent time with two of the mayoral candidates, activist Jamal Green and Alderman Rod Sawyer, talking about several issues on the minds of voters, from crime to education to transportation. Yesterday, we talked with Alderwoman Sophia King, State Rep Cam Buckner, former CPS CEO Paul Vallis, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, and Congressman Chewy Garcia. Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson and businessman Willie Wilson chose not to join us at the last minute after committing to do so. So with us now to break down those conversations is WBEZ city government reporter Mariah Wolfel. Thank you for joining us again, Mariah. Thanks for having me. Chip Mitchell's here too, criminal justice reporter for WBEZ. Hey, Chip. Glad to be here. And Chris Berry, a professor at the Harris School of Public Policy and the academic director of the Center for Municipal Finance. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for coming to campus. So we have got to talk about Jamal Green and Roderick Sawyer's energy and chemistry today. It was really interesting because you, you saw these two candidates interacting, cracking jokes. At one point, Jamal even touched the alderman's <laughs> shoulder. What did you think of that, Chip? Well, yeah, actually, the two, um, they, get, they get along quite well. <clears throat> you know, uh, Alderman Sawyer even called his opponent up here, you know, Brother Green, and um, they they. Uh, they they, uh, you know, they, they have some differences on policies, but uh, they're they're not at each other's throats. And let's be honest, they're, they're um, on the tail end of this race, at least judging by the poll that uh, we, we took and that we, we commissioned and that we released WBZ, the Sun Times, NBC Five, and Telemundo yesterday. They're 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 on the rear end, so their sights are set on um, the front runners who were not here today. What about you, Mariah? A little refreshing to see that. You think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I wonder if it would have looked different with, um, you know, either either Willie Wilson or, or Cook County Commissioner or Brandon Johnson on stage. But yeah, I would agree with Chip that their sights are set on kind of chipping away at some of the front runners, um, Paul Ballas, uh, Lori Lightfoot, n- n- not, neither of whom they, you know, addressed directly by name, but who you could hear them them kind of criticize. And I do agree there there were some differences you saw. Um, they have some differences about what to do with closed schools once a moratorium lifts. 
um, under the next mayor's tenure, uh, how to deal with crime on the CTA, and um, you know the importance of boosting police officers. So I do think that they have some differences, but but yeah, I mean, you heard Jay Malgreen say say that Roderick Sawyer has a job in his administration as deputy mayor, and and those right. jokes, you know, yeah. you see those jokes too among other candidates on the campaign trail. What did you think, Chris? Is that something that you've you've seen before between these two? Yeah, sure. And I think uh, partly this format is a is a great. Uh, example of getting more details out from, from people, and I think the premise here was that if we had fewer candidates, we could hear more from each of them, we heard more from each of them, and in this particular case with these two, what we heard is a lot of agreement on most of the issues. The disagreements were relatively small. In the lightning round, I think it was more or less a race for them to each give the same answer more quickly, uh, but, right. but it was seldom yeah, that, a different that was a answer. So I, maybe they, their only difference answer was whether they believed in aliens, I'm not sure. Uh, but on like, substantive yes, yes. things, we didn't hear a lot of a disagreement. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Two candidates dropped out at the last minute, unfortunately. That's Commissioner Brandon Johnson and businessman Willie Wilson. Was that a surprise to you, Mariah? Um, you know, always a surprise when, when people don't show up to, to speak to potential voters. Uh, Willie Wilson and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson are both, um, you know, in a place where, where they need to attract more votes to potentially make a runoff. Our poll shows that they're in fourth and fifth place, respectively, with um, Wilson at 12 percent of the vote and Brandon Johnson at 11 percent of the vote if people were to cast their votes tomorrow. A lot of voters are still undecided, so there's more people to convince. And, you know, 12 and 11 percent isn't, isn't, you know, with an, in a nine-person race, um, an impossible feat, you know, chance of making, the, making a runoff election. And so, um, you know, I think Brandon Johnson said he had a, had a, um, a, com, a Cook County Commission uh, Board of Commissioners meeting to go right. to, and Willie Wilson was at a press conference announcing some endorsements from la, some Latino faith leaders. Um, it, doesn't pro, it doesn't surprise me that he would prioritize that, given this is a race where he really has to broaden his appeal beyond a base on the south and west side that he, you know, tends to get um, in previous elections that he's run in. And so trying to pull in some Latino voices, some Latino you know, voters to his campaign. Uh, I could see how that would definitely be a priority for him, especially when uh, Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia is really kind of dominating that space mm. right now. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge surprise given the state of the race right now. And I think as Chip indicated, the poll that you all did uh, really suggests that the candidates have settled into about three tiers at this point. We have the top tier, which has Lightfoot, Garcia, and Vallis, uh, more or less in a statistical dead heat uh, with one another, polling something around 20%. Uh, a second tier of candidates, which are the two that, that dropped out today, uh, Brandon Johnson and Willie Wilson, and then more or less at that point, everybody else. And uh, I think maybe for, for Wilson and Johnson, they don't see a lot to be gained uh, unless they can be on the stage with, uh, with the one of the top three uh, to try to move up uh, from the middle tier to the, to the top. So maybe they thought you know, debating uh, uh, these, other, the, these others at the bottom wasn't a good use of their time, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Well, let's move on to the issues, folks. Uh, we spent a good amount of time talking about uh, candidates' plans to address crime and public safety in Chicago. So, Chip, any surprises in their responses? I didn't hear a lot of surprises. I, I will say that it's remarkable that um, Jamal Green, um, uh, uh, he's polling about 2% now, and um, uh, uh, so uh, of that third tier, <laughs> he leads the bottom four uh, candidates. Um, what's interesting about him uh, is that his public safety plan 
consists uh, not exclusively but largely of economic development and social services, not not policing. Um, uh, you know, he talks about youth intervention and the uh, Department of Social Work for mental health cuts, but you know, uh, for mental health uh, calls. But then he's also, as he did today, he brings up home ownership and, and a lot of other economic development uh, programs. So things that, you know, that we hear a lot about the root causes of crime, um, things like, uh, you know, neighborhood, uh, uh, neighborhood disparities between, in, in wealth between the poorest neighborhoods, which is where we have a lot of the gun violence. Well, uh, Jamal Green, I think, of all these nine candidates, has really focused on actually taking on the root causes. Uh, that's one thing. I'd say Sawyer, the other interesting thing is what he brought up is police reform. He brought up several things, you know, you know how is he going to take on crime short term? What mm -hmm. he talked about was police reform. You know, it was, it was uh, getting rid of the police superintendent, for one thing, so that you can restore confidence in the police. It's, it's um, making sure that the new community commission for public safety and accountability works, getting these district councils up and running, com uh, full compliance with the consent decree. And he pointed out that uh, the police department has just about 5% compliance. That means actually putting these requirements, uh, having them not just policies and training, but actually having them uh, playing out in operations. Yeah. Chris, your, your overall thoughts on how they addressed crime and public safety today? Yeah, I think at this point, pretty much all the candidates, these two included, uh, really agree that two things have to happen on crime, which is the top issue for voters right now, which is, uh, number one, reducing crime and you know, improving at least the perception of, of, of safety, and at the same time, reducing police misconduct. And I think accomplishing both of those two things at the same time is going to be a big challenge. Uh, all the candidates have some plan for doing those things. They differ in their points of emphasis, but I think everyone's got more or less the same agenda. Uh, I agree that Jamal Green has, <clears throat> excuse me, staked out uh, perhaps the most clear alternative to a lot of the others, where you see a lot of agreement amongst the, what we might call the more mainstream candidates, and he's got uh, hit the root, worked, the, the phrase root causes came up from him many times mm -hmm. uh, uh, today, and I think he's staked out a bit of a distinct position to the, uh, from the others, and in that sense, I'm maybe surprised he's not pulling at a bit higher numbers, offering a, a more distinct alternative. Any thoughts, Mariah? Yeah, I think his argument is, I mean, I, I agree with Chip that out of all of the candidates, and Chris, uh, that out of all the candidates, I think Jamal Green's public safety plan focuses the most on root causes. You know, within his public safety plan includes uh, creating universal pre-K. So, like, those, you know, those are very early root causes that he's talking about trying to address, um, and they're all within his public safety plan, creating a, a Chicago bank to help with home, with to help people get home loans and those sorts of things, um, but he's also arguing. You know, when he, it struck me today that when he spoke, he said, "Well, you know, talking about um, the immediate response to crime." Even when he's talking about the immediate response to crime, he's still not talking about more policing. I mean, but he is in an indirect way. He says he wants to have a department of social workers to respond to mental health crises, um, spend $100 million on that. And the argument there is that it would then free up police officers who are now responding to those mental health crises to instead, you know, work on uh, bettering the clearance rate or responding to, you know, more violent crime that they need to be on the scene for. So it's, it, yeah, that, that did strike me. I'm glad 
you brought that up. Chip, can you give us some context of, of some of these specific problems that the, the candidates have, have been talking about? Let, let's start with the low clearance rates. But first, can I get you to just define what that is? Yeah, it's, it's going to sound more complicated than it is. Um, but the, the, when, when we talk about the murder clearance rate, right, when CPD does, they're talking about two numbers, one divided by the other. So first we have um, the number of murders that are solved in a year, and that can be murders that were committed years ago. It doesn't matter when the murder was committed. So that's the top number, and that's divided by the numbers that are committed that year. So uh, in the last couple of years, um, the, the police department has increased its murder clearance rate. The mayor pointed this out uh, yesterday. That we're, uh, the clearance rate officially has been up over 50% now, two years in a row. Um, the trouble with that is that um, a much smaller portion of, of these offenders, you know, the, the cops are saying, we know who did the, we know who, who, who committed this crime, but a much smaller portion of them are actually facing ju justice because they're dead. Um, uh, for example, or, or they're, they're, they've maybe they've, they, they, they can't be found. So what's the, the clearance rate in Chicago? Well, the, the official clearance rate right now, I actually don't have the, the, the rate for this last year off the top of my head, but it's 50-some percent um, for, okay. uh, this, this last year. The, the number 1,600 has been said a lot when it comes to CPD department vacancies. Where's that number coming from, Chip? Well, that is, uh, that is basically when uh, Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Lightfoot's predecessor, when he faced a gun violence surge um, after the Laquan McDonald killing, um, uh, gun violence through the roof, he over several years increased the size of the police department by 1,200 officers. So that's just not hiring 1,200, that means uh, replacing retirements as well. The, the department got 1,200 bigger and that brought it up to um, about 13,300 sworn officers. Um, where we are now though, uh, you know, uh, a pandemic happened, we had all this uh, uh, unrest after the murder of George Floyd by Minneapolis police. Retirements um, ticked up, and they had, you know, no surprise. They had a lot. Uh, the police department had a, a very hard time keeping up its recruitment um, pace. So now they're down to, I think it's about um, eleven thousand six hundred officers. So that, that's, you know, that's that's really what we're I talking see. about. And now the the, the police department. Um, Superintendent Brown, Mayor Lightfoot, they say they've now picked up the pace of hiring again, that they're hiring um, at the rate or faster than retirements are taking place. They say it was like 950 last year. So uh, they want to build up the ranks again, and we'll see how long that takes if they're allowed to continue in their jobs. So, Chris, the first question that I asked the candidates was uh, what short-term plans they have to address public safety. We asked this to all the other candidates at the forum yesterday as well. And, and so let's start with activist Jamal Green on this one. He mentioned that pro-policing strategies don't work and there's a need to do new things. He acknowledged that many of his plans are long-term plans and he said that in the short term he would invest $77 million in block club infrastructure and he plans on investing $30 million in youth intervention. Any thoughts on his assertion that pro-policing strategies, that they just, they just haven't been effective? Well, I think it depends what you want to call pro-policing and what you think the pro-policing strategies that, that we have tried in the past. I, I, I'm not sure. He, did, he wasn't specific about which policies he Correct. included in that category and which ones he might want to get rid of. I think what was clear, he never said, and he used the phrase defund the police or anything like that. He didn't, he didn't uh, suggest reducing their funding, but it was clear that he wanted to increase funding 
uh, for other things, including uh, social workers. And I would say if Jamal Green wins this race, it'll be a banner day in Chicago for social workers because his answer on almost every policy issue involved uh, hiring social workers. But that, that was his first answer to your question about short-term uh, fixes to policing was, yeah. I think he said, $100 million uh, to okay. improve uh, uh, to provide more so social workers to sort of complement what the police does. And I think he saw that as part of a broader strategy that, in his view, improved working conditions for police. I mean, he did say uh, that he thought the, the job of policing had gotten hard, that police were overworked, their schedules were too hard that they were effectively being asked to behave as social workers and that he saw the hiring of actual social workers as being a complement to what uh, police do. I see. Mariah, part of Sawyer's safety plan mentions, quote, immediately implementing fundamental changes in CPD that have both an immediate impact on public safety and also serve the long-term long -term improvement of, of the department. Now, some of those immediate measures that he was talking about uh, was uh, rehiring retired police, 20-year uh, pension vesting, uh, providing officers with mental health services, and investing in officer training. What do you make of that? He says that we, we need to make sure that police are effective and compliant to their rules. Sure. Um, you know, bringing back retired police officers can be a controversial idea. You know, Chip and I reported a story on crime where one expert told us that that, that is something that you have to think long and hard about if you want to bring police officers from back in the day, decades ago, who, who you know, may not have been part of a, uh, you know, the, the Chicago Police Department has, has been bogged down with civil rights complaints against black and brown Chicagoans for decades. We are under a federal consent decree because of it. And so if you're bringing back uh, retired police officers, what does training look like for those police officers to ensure they're upheld, held to the standards that this police department has now and want its aspirational standards for the future as well. It's also a matter of convincing those officers whether, I mean, if, if they want to come back. And so mm -hmm. I don't think it's it's just an easy, um, you know, let's, let's bring back retired police officers, though that is a popular idea among multiple candidates, including Alderwoman Sophia King, too, who envisions a a reserve of a thousand retired police officers. Chris? Yeah, and I think this just speaks to the tension between these two goals that I, that I mentioned before that I think all the candidates support, which is reducing crime, making police more effective, uh, while at the same time reducing police misconduct and changing the culture of the institution. And so I think when you talk about bringing back retired police, is that consistent with changing the culture of the institution or is that reinforcing the culture of the institution? And I, I think we'll, we'll see these kinds of trade-offs or tensions in goals uh, throughout a lot of the ideas that are going to come up about uh, policing. Yeah. Chip, we asked the candidates about uh, changing the culture at CPD. They, they had interesting responses there. Green said that we need to take, quote, the burden off of police officers' shoulders, end quote. And uh, he's referring to the possibility of them doing something that ends up on a viral video, for instance. And Alderman Sawyer said that the officers are afraid of their superiors. What do you make of that? Well, um, uh, activist uh, Jamal Green, I, I, we've, uh, I think that he is alluding to um, shifting um, a lot of the 911 calls that come in have to do with mental health crises and shifting those calls away from having, you know, sending patrol units to respond, um, which, uh, you know, can end up in uh, with, uh, you know, f forced hospitalizations, uh, people, a lot of people in handcuffs, um, uh, violence, and it can get worse from there. Um, so that, that's, he's, you know, he's a big proponent of that, and, and um, I have to say that uh, Mayor Lightfoot has launched a program called, they call it CARE, and, and they've got four mobile units, they're out in vans, 
um, every business day, only one shift a week in four parts of the city, but they have expansion plans for this, this year. So um, she deserves some credit for getting that program rolling, and they are committed to expanding it, sp expanding the number of calls, uh, the types of calls, rather, that, that these units can handle. You know, even somewhere the public safety risk is not so clear they're going to be starting to handle some of those calls beginning in March, mm -hmm. and um, not just referring them to, to police, and also increasing the number of units um, and eventually adding on a second shift. Um, yeah. Alderman Sawyer. I forget. Refresh me. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, Alderman Sawyer, on as far as the, the culture, he said that um, uh, officers are afraid of their superiors. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. I wasn't sure what he meant uh, about that. It, it I seems to me to fall in line with the criticism of David Brown and uh, you know that superintendent not being from Chicago, not being able to motivate um, Chicago police officers who. You know, a lot of candidates claim have lost trust in leadership. Uh, that's that's kind of where that mm -hmm. criticism, to me, falls in line with. Yeah, Before he also we talked about a toxic, what he called a toxic work environment for police, and the the fear he suggested that that if they didn't turn their body camera on at exactly the right moment, uh, they could somehow be sanctioned. So I think I think he was referring to a fear amongst cops that even if they're doing the right thing, they could end up They'll get in uh, trouble. Getting, getting in trouble. All right, before we take a, a pause, Mariah, Jamal Green has put, as we've mentioned, a, a lot of emphasis on investing in people. Today he talked about having alternatives for young folks, right? This is like having trade schools, having tech hubs, having more pipelines to different careers right out of school. What do you think of his community-focused approach? I mean, don't some of these things already exist? Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I think a lot of candidates are talking about more job training. You know, Sophia King says we can, we can you know, promote college and we can promote, you know, um, careers in the trades. I do think that one interesting thing is, is that's a message that, that could really resonate and might be really resonating with voters. You know, our survey, our, you know, another um, piece of our poll is out today that shows, one, as we all know, um, residents are most concerned about crime. Voters say that 44% of respondents said that they will vote on on that issue. Um, that will determine who they vote for for mayor. But one interesting piece of the poll was that people listed job training for residents as the most effective way to reduce crime in the city of Chicago, even more than hiring more police officers. Um, and so I do think that he's, he's on to something there, and I think that it's something that, you know, even when I talk to residents, you know, people uh, anecdotally about crime, it's it's a lot of people are sick of hearing, oh, we're going to add more police, we're going to add more police. Chicago has some, you know, some of the most police out of any, you know, uh, big city in the country, according to FBI data, that chip and then I pulled for our story. And so I think people um, do want to hear more about opportunities for youth and, and how to provide them an alternative to violence yeah. as well. Okay, gang, let's get, you know, go around the room here. I want to start with crime on public transportation and, and hear from all of you, because this was a big concern, as we know, for Chicagoans. It, it appeared a lot on our People's Agenda survey. But what do we think about the different approaches that the candidates have had over the past couple of days to ensure commuters' safety? I'll start with you, Chris. Yeah, I think at least uh, starting with the two that we heard from today, there were not, first of all, the plans were not, I thought, nearly as detailed as what we heard from them on other areas. I thought the transportation plans were a little uh, rougher. Uh, they both agreed on, uh, they used different terms. I think uh, Alderman Sawyer talked about ambassadors and uh, uh, J. Maul Green talked about peacekeepers, but they both had the sort of idea of a, a non-police set of uh, 
people uh, to patrol uh, the the uh, the CTA uh, trains and buses. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was, I think, the the most tangible idea they each had. Um, and amongst other candidates, it, it, some go more towards actual policing, and uh, uh, there's a variety of ideas about improving just the system and like various technical aspects of it. But I thought this was an area in which they were just not as well developed in in their proposals. Mariah, yeah, I think. Um when you look at their transit proposals, it mirrors kind of how they how they talked about crime as well. With with Jamal really focusing on this social workforce, um, he called the CTA a homeless shelter that needs social workers. Um, I liked Chris's comment that if he's elected mayor, it's going to be heyday for social workers in right. Chicago. Um, and, and you know, really, t he didn't he didn't mention uh, police or private security on the CTA, um, as far as I heard. He he he, Jamal. Uh, talked about peacekeepers. Sawyer did talk about bringing in, you know, uh, some of the police officers that are at O'Hare or the different airports in the area and bringing them um, to boost patrols on the CTA. This is something we've heard Paul Vallis talk about as well, who wants to get rid of private security on the CTA, which um, the city, you know, pays for now to kind of more so deter crime um, and, you know, as, as, a, as kind of just a, a deterrent uh, visual on the CTA. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so, so that was interesting. And, and um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's something we've heard multiple candidates talk about, switching to police officers on trains. Yeah, Chip, your thoughts yeah, on these and, different approaches? Well, uh, you know, as, as Chris and Mariah are saying, um, at, it, but I'll, uh, it was interesting that they both took the opportunity to take a shot at businessman Willie Wilson, who said he would boot people who are sleeping on trains. Um, Sawyer said that, you know, pointed out that they're sleeping there out of necessity and that we have to do better for these people, um, provide them shelter. And um, Green took a, a crack at uh, Wilson's line. You know, he's it, not surprised, his, his words were, you know, we're not surprised to hear this out of Willie Wilson because uh, when he's out there hunting rabbits, referring to uh, what Will, uh, Wilson has said his approach his would be going comments. after uh, shooters. Right. Well, um, Green focused on case management and providing services to people riding the train instead of more police on trains. He wants to create an armed and unarmed transit peacekeepers protection agency. So. What is your sense of the feasibility of those plans, Chris? Well, my guess is they're pretty feasible uh, in terms of getting the bodies on the trains. Uh, and they're probably within, you know, if we're reallocating a budget from a private security force to what we'll just call peacekeepers or ambassadors, yeah. that seems to me quite feasible. Now, what its effect will be, uh, assuming we're talking about people who cannot make arrests, I'm not sure what their powers would be, exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Again, to, in J. Maul Green's vision, it sounded more like they would be social workers. Maybe that'd be very effective. Uh, maybe it'd be uh, less effective. But I think the feasibility of getting the bodies in place seem, seems uh, pretty good. Yeah. Chip, I asked you this yesterday, and the answer was no. Uh, were there any evidence-based solutions that you heard candidates talking about today? Uh, no, I didn't hear any evidence-based solutions today. I don't know that we heard any from the five candidates yesterday. I'm not sure, actually. I may not be the expert on this, but I'm not sure that there are really good evidence-based solutions to um, uh, crime on transit and the best ways to deal with it. Um, you know, one, one thing that would make a difference, and 
uh, Mayor Lightfoot has pointed this out, is just economic revival and these uh, trains and buses being full of, of passengers um, would, would go a long way to discouraging crime, more eyes and ears and people just, you know, voicing displeasure, people not feeling like they're alone with somebody who's, who's, uh, uh, behave, you know, you, whose behavior is antisocial. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see a study, though, you know, co uh, comparing, I mean, one thing I would like to see, I saw a study in, uh, in New York City comparing the safety, in, in a recent study during the pan pandemic, comparing the safety of riding a New York City subway, where there are a lot of complaints about safety right now, just like in Chicago, comparing the safety of riding a train to driving a car to work. And, uh, you know, the finding, of course, was that it's a lot safer to ride a train than to uh, be driving to work and, and risking a violent, York? yeah, New York City, risking a violent collision on, on, the, on the road. So mm. you have thoughts, Mariah? I, I will just say that, you know, I've heard candidates call the CT, I think it was Cam Buckner, perhaps, who talks a lot about transit um, because he rides the train himself. He doesn't drive a car. Talks but a lot about ghost buses. Yes, he does. He loves that phrase. Um, but. Uh, you know, I think I, I've heard people call it a microcosm of the city. You know, you go on there, there's mental health crisis, there's homelessness, there's crime, all in the same ways that, you know, people are dealing with all throughout the city of Chicago. And, and in terms of evidence, you know, I, I do think the city has said there's evidence to um, suggest that, you know, pairing mental health providers with police officers to respond to crime in, you know, not on transit in different areas of the city, which the city is doing right now, mm -hmm. is an effective tool to, um, you know, deal with mental health crises that, you know, are, are um, called into 911. And so I do wonder if, you know, Jamal Green or even Sawyer's idea of ambassadors or social workers on transit falls in line with that idea that uh, instead of um, you know, having police officers respond to these crises you're seeing on, on the CTA if, if um, a mental health provider would be better equipped to do that. It is interesting on the plausibility of that plan. I don't know it, where those where those employees would fall under. It kind of sounds like with Jamal Green's plans, like you're going to need an entire social workforce. Is that in the public health department? Is that within the police department? You know, yeah. where, where does that budget come from? And, you know, his idea is to declare a state of emergency for funds. Um, so that, you know, I don't know how exactly that would work. Mm. Well, Chris, we, we asked the candidates about their plans to increase more environmentally conscious transit options. They both said that they would support making biking and walking safer. Green said that he would do an audit of CTA to see where more buses are needed and that eventually public transit should also be free. Anything else stick out to you? I know earlier you mentioned that both of their transit plans were kind of rough today. You know, I thought this was an area where they, they were punting a little bit. So J. Mal Green wanted to do a study or an audit, I think he called it, of yeah. the existing routes and where were they and who was understood. That seemed reasonable. And, and uh, you know, uh, at the same time, Alderman Sawyer seemed to be making some technical points about a software that was used to route buses and that that wasn't being used as effectively as it might. But I, I thought for both of them, uh, they, they were punting a little bit on, on some details about, about what they would do and how or why it would work. Yeah. Any thoughts? They also both said that they'll crew, that they will um, reopen the Department of Environment, and that is a campaign issue that every single candidate except for Lightfoot says that they would do. Uh, take it for what you will. Lightfoot also said she would do that on the campaign trail, and you know hasn't in her first four years, and you know says she she might be open to it pending a feasibility study um, that her office commissioned, and so that Department of Environment I think would help make some of those um, decisions about about um, yeah. environmentally friendly transit. 
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're broadcasting a post-mayoral forum analysis from the campus of UChicago. Today's the last day of our two-part mayoral forum. We spoke with activist Jamal Green and Alderman Roderick Sawyer. And with us now to break down that last hour is Chris Berry with the Harris School of Public Policy and Center for Municipal Finance and WBEZ reporters Mariah Wolfel and Chip Mitchell. So education, earlier we talked about how much the two candidates agreed on in their approach to crime, but there were a couple things that Jamal Green and Rod Sawyer disagreed on when it came to education. So for instance, CPS building investments, um, uh, closing schools as we mentioned earlier, having cops in schools. What do you make of all that, Chris? Those yeah, I, differences. Think, I think that was the one area in which we actually heard a little bit of back and forth between them, some objections from one to the other, uh, and, and they, they did disagree exactly, as you said, on school closings, on having police in schools. Uh, it seemed like the alderman had uh, already taken some actions on these and was more or less kind of defending his past actions. J. Maul Green was more taking a vision towards the future. I think in both cases it will be interesting to see in education more generally uh, what exactly is the mayor's role going to be. CPS is a separate jurisdiction. We're moving to an independently elected school board shortly. You know, what is the mayor really going to be able to do on education anyway? Uh, but they did have some differences in vision. We asked the candidates how they would rework the CPS budget to put more money into classrooms. Anything surprise you with the responses there, Mariah? Um, I don't think Sawyer really addressed uh, budget budget issues. I have heard him, you know, I have heard his plans on on budget issues. The main question here is whether what what. CPS is going to do with a projected $600 million budget shortfall that it could face in the next few years as, rise, as, as debt and pensions um, continue to weigh down the district. Mm -hmm. uh, this next mayor, it, education is going to be a huge issue for this next mayor because, as Chris noted, we are moving to an elected school board. Does that mean um, CPS should be financially independent from the rest of the city, or will CPS continue to have to take on some of the costs? that the city has shifted under Mayor Lightfoot, um, which has, you know, exacerbated the potential budget uh, crisis. We have the school closings moratorium lifting. Uh, Sawyer has been the most emphatic about closing schools, the need to close um, under-enrolled schools, and, and that is a complicated issue. And J. Mal Green is vehemently against closing those schools. Um, but in terms of budget, I think J. Mal Green's answer ab about funding is more clear here in, in which he said that the district needs to move to a needs-based enrollment formula. Currently, schools are funded based on how many kids they have. It's yeah. an enrollment-based formula. And J. Mal Green has said that he would like to shift that to sending money to schools based on what they need um, to, to be successful. Chip, I'm going to ask you to weigh in on two quick things for us. This budget question, first of all, what, what you heard today from the candidates, and also what do you make of their responses on, on how they improve safety in the schools? Well, I, I did hear uh, uh, Alderman Sawyer take, uh, take credit for a decision by the city. There, there was an effort basically to withdraw police officers from all city schools, and, and, and Sawyer and the mayor and others basically put the brakes on that, and, and, and it was you know, left basically up to local school councils, and he pointed out that he served for 10 years on a local school council. And if, if I'm not mistaken, um, J. Mal Green wants officers 
out of the schools entirely. So yes. that, that, to me, was uh, a clear difference. I, I, one thing about their funding of all of their public safety plans, um, I, I, I didn't actually hear from either of them or, or from me, any other candidates on how, you know, there are a lot of ideas about mental health services and wraparound services and jobs and job training and mentoring and everything about, but where's the money going to come from? We did a little we did a little study ourselves a few years ago just on um, community violence intervention targeted at the 30,000 young people, young adults that were most vulnerable to gun, gun violence. And we yeah. came up with a figure of a billion dollars a year. Um, and That's I don't, a lot of money. And I don't think that that was an, um, uh, an exaggeration. And I don't um, hear the candidates uh, being frank with what it will, the sort of investment to actually address root causes of violence, what it will cost, and where the money is going to come from. We'll have to leave it there. That's WBEZ's criminal justice reporter, Chip Mitchell. We're also joined by WBEZ City Governor. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason, Linnea Dominic, and Meha Ahmed. It was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Subscribe to our podcast to hear from all the candidates that participated in our forum and analysis of their responses. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll see you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.